Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose, where I strategize with business owners on how to grow and scale their businesses to hit their income goals. This is episode 317 of the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose. Today, we are going to be talking about how to sell digital products with Monica Froze. I am super excited about this interview. Monica and I ran in similar circles. I feel like we kind of have a similar story as far as our blogs and then turning into starting to share how we were able to make our blogs become full-time. So I am really excited to dive into this conversation because she's going to not only share with you what it looks like for digital products, the ins and outs of sales funnels and sales pages, what she's going to teach, which you all know that I absolutely love when I have guests that teach you how to actually implement the strategies that they are talking about. And that is exactly what you are going to get out of this episode. All right, you guys, let's dive in. Hi, Monica. How are you? I'm great. Very good. I'm so excited to have you on to talk about how to sell digital products. Before we really dive into that, will you introduce yourself and your business? Yes. Um, okay. So my name is Monica Froze, and I would say we, I guess, technically have three or four businesses, depending on how you look at it. Uh, I got started as a mom blogger. It was working mom blog. It still exists today. It's called Redefining Mom. That's morphed over time. It started with like my postpartum journey because I had really bad postpartum PTSD, kind of a like a nice weaving road, <laughs> um, which that's where I did launch my first digital product. It was, uh, we still sell it today. It's called the Family Budget Spreadsheet. But once I quit my full-time job, which was in 2016, I sort of branched off there and had a few a few little things that happened. The, probably the main thing where a lot of people got to know me from was I had a course on Pinterest advertising when nobody else did. And I did that for four years. Um, and that was under the brand Pim Practical. And then in 2020, I decided that I really could not stand having a business depend on another person's business. It was just like chasing your tail. There were so there were so many things wrong with it. Plus, I really started redefining mom because I felt this really big need to like make an impact. Um, that was like the whole point. And just talking about Pinterest was so it was lucrative, but it was so limiting to like the bigger impact that I wanted to make. So after much reflection and maybe worrying my daughter a little bit by watching Outlander, <laughs> binging Outlander while I was supposed to be working and she was very confused by what mom was do doing in bed and not in her office, <laughs> I came to the conclusion that what I really am good at is developing digital products. Because I mean, it, we don't even actually know the exact number of how many we've launched over the years, but it's well over a hundred because I mean, we have 85 of them in our shop now. So that led us to launch the Brand Empowered Business where we have a core offer and teaching how to create and launch your digital products that focuses on sales funnels. And then this year, we've really doubled down on our storefront because we have so many digital products and we didn't have a good consistent way. Like, oh, here's 40 pages. Go check out 40 times. It's not really a great way to do business. So now our centralized call to action for everyone in our audience goes to our empowered shop. I love it. And I we are going to really dive deep into that. Um, and I think we kind of talked about it. We've been in similar circles, I feel like, for the longest time. Similar journey as far as like starting that mom blog and then going to the business side of it. But I love the fact that you took the ability to pivot 
and turned it into something that was connected to the mission and what you really truly wanted to do from the very beginning. So I just love that piece of it. So let's talk about why should bloggers create a digital product if they don't already have one? (sighs) Well, here's there's, I have so many thoughts on the blogging world. First of all, I come from a corporate marketing background. I worked for a big Fortune 100, ran large scale marketing campaigns for like big brands like Microsoft and, you know, brands that we know. And it's funny because when you run a marketing campaign, you can't go back to the brand and be like, well, I can't show you what my return on investment was. You spent a million dollars, but you know, I have no idea what that million dollars went to and what you got out of it. And I really feel like that's like, how the blogging model got taught. Whereas blogging, like in corporate, we blog, but it's called content marketing. And content marketing, the whole purpose of putting out any free content is to lead to the thing that you're selling, whether it's a product, a service, whatever it is. And in the blogging model, first of all, a lot of people start blogging without the intent of where it's leading. Like they're just trying to get traffic, but not understanding what purpose it's serving. Then they start getting traffic and they're like, well, I have to monetize because this is a lot of work. So then they slap up these display ads, which, so now they're spending all this time getting people to them to then have them click to other people's businesses for like pennies. And that's what a display ad is. Plus it totally ruins user experience. And at the end of the day, this blogging model was developed without the bloggers actually owning any of their revenue sources or their customer relationships. They just got so good at attracting people and sending people away. And that is a lot of work to bring people to you, to not keep them in your world and have something to offer them that you profit off of. Yes. Oh my goodness. Because I, very similar. This is always the conversation that I end up having with clients is that you have to have something that's your own. You already have all these people built in. You're already attracting them. Why send them away? Um, So I definitely agree with you. So what are some examples of digital products that sell that you have either sold or seen students of your course sell? What are you seeing? Okay. So I would have to say when it comes to... So I do feel like bloggers in general do resonate with the lower price digital products. They can wrap their head around that a lot easier than what the heck would I charge? Like I'm not in a B2B, so I can't charge $4.97 for a course. Now, whether they can or not is irrelevant, but I would say that definitely lower price products do resonate more because if you have high traffic too, lower price products, you can do volume with. If you're going to a consumer market, they're more palatable for an entry level, like getting people into your world. So what I have, and I probably could not have articulated this two years ago, but now I can, now that I've like looked holistically back at all the things I've done, I call them usability tools. Some people will call them download, like downloadable digital products. Mm-hmm. But for me, anything you can templatize. So if it's printables, spreadsheets, I sell lots of spreadsheets. Um, and the, and that's a place you can sell a spreadsheet in like any niche out there, by the way, um, especially with like, you know, and there will always be people that prefer printing things and filling it out. And then there are people like me who would love to have a printable. But the fact of the matter is, is that I can't do anything not digitally. Like my life doesn't run unless everything's digitally. So I like pretty things, but they don't work for how I work. Some people have planners that they still walk around with, you know? Um, but I guess to, to sum it up, it's usability tools. We we usually, when I teach, I break it down into four categories, like overlays, which are eBooks, printables, digital templates, and then digital courses. Because then there are some topics that you need to... Like courses are great because it's multimedia. Some you need supplemental um, 
PDFs or audio and visual things, or if your topic is subject to change and you're constantly updating it, a course is good for that because you can flip out different things without, you know, like an ebook, you'd have to republish the ebook and send it back out. Um, so courses can be really great for that too. Yes. No, I definitely agree. And I do think it is that they get to that point where they're like, oh, I can't do something big and large and know exactly what it is. Because like you said in the beginning, I think a lot of times we start and we're just kind of like throwing spaghetti against the wall. And then we start to get good with our content because Google starts to figure out what we are good at. And we kind of get into that lane then we track that right audience. And then we get to the point where we're like, okay, we can put this into a product. What is this going to look like? What price point can I get to? And then it's that hurdle of then getting them to the next, you could do a course. It's just got to be more extensive. It's just got to be a bit more information that you're going to provide them with the full steps. So what's interesting when you said, um, this is actually really interesting. So you know how bloggers get really good at going to see like what keywords are driving traffic to them? Yes. And then they're like, let's create more content around it. That's going to lead to people coming to me and then them clicking off my site. I do the same exact thing, except I create products. I lead, if I'm ranking for a keyword, there will be a product around it. That's the biggest difference between how I see it and how bloggers see it. Like recently, we've been ranking for Thrivecart. We talk about Thrivecart a lot. So we came out with Thrivecart templates. And because we had good SEO around Thrivecart, our Thrivecart templates got picked up by Google relatively easy. And those go right to our shop. So smart. So something like a food blogger that is ranking for certain cocktails that are coming in, let's say Christmas related, to be able to put that into something that would make it, whether it is that ebook, but it also, I think this is the piece that a lot of my food bloggers miss, is that they will create an ebook and they're not showing their expertise. They just put a bunch of recipes that they already have up on their site and they're not giving any sort of like teaching, showing that level of expertise that makes it sets them apart from everyone else putting out recipes. Yeah. And you know, okay. So I can give a good example of this because, uh, and I actually use this in a lot of my free trainings. My husband went keto around 2018 and now I've been pretty much keto for the last 15 ish months. Keto can be very boring by the way. If, and, and this is like, I'm great at business, but I am. And it's funny because I'm great at math too. And my husband's always like, you know, recipes are just math, but my head does not Thinking of how to pair like ingredients together, it, I don't. My brain does not work like that. So I really need. And when you go to a lot of keto sites, they're surprisingly they're very in depth recipes. And I, and I get lost in like the third ingredient, and then I get frustrated and I give up. And this I think comes to a shock to a lot of food bloggers that I've worked with too, is because they get you get so in your own expertise that you forget mm-hmm. that the things that come so naturally to you do not come naturally to other people. So I found this really great keto blogger and I love her. She's got amazing recipes and hundreds of them. And we have cooked hundreds of them. However, her primary way of monetizing is with display ads. And so when I am cooking, her site is basically useless to me. And I said, I'm digital. I don't want to print a hundred recipes. I have nowhere to keep them. I hate clutter. I throw my daughter's stuff out all the time. And so that's, it's not, I know that food bloggers have the print button, but a lot of people I know don't even have printers. Little, right. You know, like, and I think they're forget they're leaving on the table this whole other portion of the population who wants to just use their iPad in the kitchen and follow the recipe. So, like the two things you said there, one, if she aggregated every single recipe on her site and categorized it, nice table of contents, made it clickable on my iPad, I would pay her for 
all I would pay her for what she was already willing to provide me for free because she aggregated it and made it easy for me to use. And the second thing where you just said um, that that value add of how to make it easier, like again, the recipes to me, I get lost on them. And that, you know, it's I don't know how I can be so smart in so many areas sometimes. And I'm like, but cooking is just not intuitive to me. So anything that she could do to explain even what like like ingredients, like why we use certain ingredients and like what they really do. Cause there's a lot of ingredients I read in recipes and I'm like, what, where do I even find that in the grocery store? I've never even heard of this thing before. Yep. So true. Oh my goodness. That's such a great example. Um, Oh God. I feel like we can talk about this forever because we've been around in so many different like (laughs) niches and different ways that they do things. Um, but it just gets me my wheels turning of thinking about like that something that they could definitely add to what they're already doing. Um, so what do you actually need in order to sell that digital product? Okay. That's a great question. Well, you need somewhere for them to land. And if you're a blogger, you already have that because you have a website. So you certainly know how to put a content and a page on the internet. So they have to land somewhere. So whether it's a landing page builder you have, like I love lead pages personally, because I'm not, I'm terrible at building websites. So when I did not have help in my business, lead pages I could do on my own. (laughs) Um, So that's what I standardized on very early on. So you need somewhere for them to land. Then you need somewhere for them to check out and no, not just slapping a PayPal button on it. You really, really need an e-commerce solution. So like for funnels, if it's a sales funnel, I use for years, I use SendOwl. Now I've standardized on Thrivecart. I do think Thrivecart's definitely got way more robust capabilities. Like uh, SendOwl, you can't modify the checkout and, you know, the checkout page is one of the important pieces to optimize for conversions to getting that sale. So uh, Thrivecart lets you drag, drag and drop and all that. So I do recommend that. Also, it helps. There's that's how you're going to deliver. You know, it triggers everything. And then you need an email service provider because you got to collect the email and you have to be regularly communicating with your people. I've said this a lot, but I I feel like even I at times in my business have forgotten this because I got so good at sales funnels that I forgot the value of people you've already attracted. So in my world, sales funnels are meant to attract people to you that don't know anything about you because it's a hyper-specific buying journey. They don't have choices on the buying journey. They land on the page, they make a decision. You're dictating the decisions that they're making You're because you don't want to overwhelm them. It's building that no like trust factor. But once they're in your audience, I think what we forget, and it's when I walked in to get my MBA, it's like the first thing we learned, it is cheaper to sell to a current customer than to acquire a new customer. So a lot of times I can relate to bloggers because I even got so focused on sales funnels, sales funnels, sales funnels, just like bloggers get so focused on more page views, more page views, more page views. We lose sight of what are we doing with all these people we've already attracted to us because they're already there. And so really I have a like I have a module in my course titled The Money is in the Follow-Up. And that led us to having a shop now because then we had to streamline where we were sending people once they were in our world because we could not have 50 call to actions in an email getting people to buy things from us. So now they go to our shop. Okay. That makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Because it's that whole idea of the 80-20 rule. 80% of your income can come from 20% of your audience because those are the buyers. They already love you. They're going to want everything you put out there if done correctly. Right. Exactly. And it's amazing because now that I've, uh, I mean, we've had thousands of orders in, in our Shopify store at this point and Shopify will tell you like your top customers. 
And I, some of these top customers have placed dozens of orders. And it's funny because I just, I always think to myself, if I had not done this, how much would that customer have been worth to me? Because if you give them a disjointed buying experience and they're going to all these different sales pages, every time and every time they were in the shop, they added multiple things to their cart too, which is very, very interesting. But if if you don't give them that ability, it's like your audience hits a point where you have to give them autonomy over what they're doing because now they know you enough that they know what you put, they trust you. They know what you put out is good. So you have to, it's almost like you have to do a little less explaining. Uh, once you've built that rapport, then in the beginning where you're earning, you have to earn it. And that's really what a sales funnel helps you to do. Okay. So this is my next question then. What is more important, a sales page or a sales funnel? Well, I have a very interesting methodology of this, which I ended up trademarking because it became a thing. (laughs) I didn't mean it to become a thing. So back in the day, that very first digital product that I launched, the family budget spreadsheet, um, it's $17, still sells for $17 today. And it's made just over 400,000. And I've put maybe $5,000 of ads into it over the years. So I'm, it's a pretty, what happened was I got indexed on Pinterest. I got very, I would say very fortunate when those things happen, mm-hmm. it can send you loads of traffic. So here I am sitting pretty new to this whole selling my own product thing. And I am getting tens of thousands of views on this sales page. And what I was noticing, of course, was that these people don't know me from Adam. So they're dropping off. And because it was a dedicated sales page, they really weren't going anywhere else on my site to get to know me. So it was like they came, they either decided to spend $17 with me or not, and they were gone. And once I got indexed on that page, it was like, well, I got to do something different. So this is where my triple dip got born out of. It's called the triple dip funnel. So I see that, okay, I have all these people, they're just dropping. I have no way to recapture them. Yes, I had pixels and stuff and I could retarget ads. That's actually pretty costly. If uh, There had to be a, a, a better way than that. So at the very bottom of my sales pages, it says, not ready yet. Now this is sales pages I'm driving cold traffic to. So they don't know me. This is not where I would send my warm people because they're already warm. They're already on my list. I don't need this. At the bottom, I'll say, not sure yet. Well, don't leave empty handed get my XYZ, whatever my opt-in would be. And when they, so step, so the first part of the triple dip is, okay, I want your money. You're on my sales page. I want your money. Please buy, buy my thing. Oh, you're not ready yet. Second part is, okay, well, I at least want your email address because I want to keep continuing to talk to you. And then naturally after they hand over their email, and this is where a lot of people over the years are like, whoa. And I'm like, it works. And I've done it on so many products since then. I send them directly to a tripwire that's for that initial product that they weren't totally sure on yet, but took my opportunity at the freebie. And then I offer it on a tripwire for 20 minutes. Like this uh, family budget spreadsheet goes from 17 to nine. Yep. That tripwire page, booming. I mean, because they've already gone through the decision process. A lot of them are on, a lot of them are like right on that, like, this is my hypothesis over the years of watching all of this happen. They're yeah, like yeah. there, but they're just like, I'm not sure. Oh, I can hand her my email. So like at the end of the day, I just care about the ability to, to communicate with you in the future. Cause I'm good at selling once I get you on my email list. So that's really like my main priority if I cannot get that initial sale. But when they go to the tripwire page, it's like, oh, well, this is a new br- no brainer. I obviously should take it. And a lot of people are like, are blown away by this. They, they look at me like, are you sure? Like that, that seems weird. I'm like, why though? It's it's kind of no different than um, 
any brand offering you something at full price and you get you you pass on it and then they send you a coupon in your email saying, Are you sure you don't want it? I can give you 30% off, you know? Right. That's what that's what econ brands do to us all the time. How many times do you do you have something in your cart on any econ brand site and then you click away and then you mysteriously get an email saying, Oh, you left this in your cart and here's a coupon. Go check out. It's the same thing, but people got weirded out by it being in a sales funnel. I don't really know why. And I'm like, as far as I'm concerned, the truth is in the data. And the data was telling me I was making a lot of money doing it like that. And so that's what I do for sales pages. So smart. I love that. It just makes a ton of sense. And to have it be part of that funnel, you're already ranking for that content for them to be able to come to you to looking for that solution. And it just gives them a little kick that they need in order to go over because you are giving them a discount. Exactly. And then now you will have that relationship. And it is true when people spend money with you, if it does, it, and research has shown this, like the, in my MBA, I remember taking a whole marketing psychology course. Research shows if someone will spend any amount of money with you, doesn't matter how much that that is like a number one indicator of them spending, of them making another purchase, you know, like of them being a customer of yours. It doesn't matter if it's $9 or $50 or $100, they've already committed money to you. Now, of course, if you're going to drop down on your delivery of that product and it's not good, well, that's on you. But assuming you're going to create great products that are you know, actually what you're saying they're going to do, people, now you've already built in that. Now, and they're going to know you too. Like You're not just the mysterious person popping up in their inbox. They've, they've committed money to you at this point. Yes. Yes. Okay. So now you have, because we obviously need more information about what exactly we can, how we can continue to improve all this. So Mm -hmm. tell me about the free workshop that you offer. Oh, the free workshop that I offer. I offer so many workshops at this point. It's ridiculous. Um, (laughs) So the free one I offer right now, it's called Profit Transformation. I do it live like every 45 days. And that's where we walk through how to add $5,000 a month in uh, revenue using a digital product. Also, I find when you show people the math, it really blows their mind because I have this whole exercise because there's really two numbers you have to care about um, that can make a dramatic difference in adding that, which is your average cart value and the percentage of people that you convert, the percentage of people who see the page that end up paying you money. And when you fine tune those two numbers, you can take, if you even move, like I showed in one example yesterday, if I moved my... Uh, conversion rate 1%, I doubled how much I was making on that funnel and I was hitting the $5,000 goal. So it's really, I find with bloggers, particularly when I show them the math behind it, um, it just blows their mind, which I do in that workshop. I also, I do have, it's in my shop. It's called, we call, we have these series of quick win workshops that I've been doing this year because we found that people coming off of just two years of chaos. And I would say, we're kind of still in a lot of chaos with the economy at this point. Uh, people, this idea of quick wins, like they were overwhelmed by big programs and they just wanted to feel like they were making forward momentum. So we launched this series, which I keep adding to. And I did one on display ads. And in this workshop, I have a calculator that shows how much a person comes. And I've worked with so many bloggers over the years. It's like dialed in. When I do the math, every visitor to a blogger site when they monetize through display ads is worth two to three cents. And then we do the math, what they're worth if you sell digital products. And that just turns people all sorts of upside down. They're like, whoa, I have been like throwing thousands of dollars out the door. Um, I also tell people, I haven't had a hundred thousand page views probably since like, I don't know, 2016. And um, 
so I have, I work with people who have 350,000 page views and their display ad income is like, I don't know, 10, 12,000 a month. Right. And I, I tell them, and I wholeheartedly believe it. If I had 350,000 page views, I would be a multi multi millionaire because I get on a good month, 40 to 50, and I make way more than 10 to $12,000 a month. And they right. just look at me with their mouth open. And I'm like, it's true. <laughs> it's like, we, we can trade skills. You get more people to me and I know how to convert them, but you know how to get people and I know how to convert them. So <laughs> it's like this perfect marriage. <laughs> yes. No. Oh my goodness. So good. So we are going to link to that in the show notes so that they can make sure that they jump into that free workshop that you are offering. Monica, where else are the best places to connect with you? Um, I would say on social media, Instagram, uh, our handle is monica.froze on there. F-R-O-E-S-E. I, I actually answer my DMs on there. I'm really bad at answering pretty much any way communication comes at me because there's comes from all over, but Instagram is the one place that I do check and I do answer. So it's probably the best way to connect with me. Yes. That's the same response that I have. You can always get me an Instagram. It's always me. (laughs) Very good. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me and my audience. I'm so excited for them to be able to get so much from this. Well, thank you for having me. Of course. All right. Well, there you have it. I hope you are ready to make sure that if you don't already have some form of a digital product as part of what you do as a blogger, that you add it into your avenues to be able to monetize. It is simple to be able to do. You're already driving so much traffic to your site. Why not be able to monetize from it? And if you are, let's work on improving those conversion rates like you heard Monica talking about. All right, guys, as always, I appreciate you so much when you leave a rating and review on your favorite podcasting app. It helps to get great guests like Monica. All right, until next time, I'll see you all then.